good morning or afternoon or whatever it is. My name is Jason Hyde and today we are socialising with Drew Marshall. How are we today? I mate, feeling not too bad. I can't complain. Obviously, apart from the obvious, the lockdown, but I mate, oh, oh, was good. Oh, was good. What's it like where you are? You're, you're staying a bit far away now, aren't you? No, I'm I'm back in Glasgow. I'm back in East Oh, Coast. right, you're back here? Oh. Aye, no, I was saying... It's bad enough without the lockdown. <laughs> Tell me about it. Tell me about it, mate. It's just... It's easier to keep yourself to yourself and just keep your nose down and that's, that's it. You know what I mean? It's, that's the easiest thing to do. But aye, it is what it is. What have you been doing to keep busy? Well, obviously, like, because of the, the lockdown, like, we don't know what's going to be happening. So, fairly... We'll go for March, right? So for March last year, when the first lockdown started, it was kind of a lumbered in the house. Had to stick to these restrictions, stick to these rules, because we didn't know what was happening. Uh, just like everybody else, kind of a, we bent the rules a wee bit, you know what I mean? But uh, then leading into July, June time, when the, the lockdown started, uh, the lockdown finished. Obviously the gyms were back open, so I was able to go to the gyms and get a workout and try and obviously get back into a, a performing shape again um, and then just just been doing wee bits and bobs really you know what I mean like you, 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 you find it, that you tend to become a wee domestic god or as my missy says a wee domestic goddess because you end up just you're stuck in the house so you you try and occupy yourself by killing time as much as you can so I um, and then in October last year, I went down to Norwich because obviously the lockdown was eased and you're allowed to travel again. So I travelled down to Norwich uh, to do some training and some shows with the WAW, which is run by the Knight family. So went down there. I was only intending on going down for maybe three or four weeks and I ended up down there for two months. Uh, the only the reason I was down there for the two months is because uh, they will put in lockdown at the start of November. Oh, so they? you couldn't get back? Back in the come home. <laughs> I wasn't risking getting a wee cheeky fine or anything like that. So I, the, the, I, I was staying with the Knight family. I was staying with uh, Ricky Knight and uh, Saraya Knight. And they were more than welcoming, you know what I mean? They let me stay in their house and that. Uh, so I was there for two months and then I came home on... I think it was the third, the third of December. Their lockdown ended on the second of December, and I came straight home. Uh, and then obviously, Christmas comes, Boxing Day, straight back into lockdown. Stuck in lockdown ever since, and now we're here. So going back to like with the nights, how did it begin when you started kind of working with out Did that just like begin as like a normal reach out booking, and then it kind of snowballed, or was there like in behind it? Well, to be honest, like I've known the Knight family for I've known them for about fifteen years now. Um, they used to come up for Mike Musso back in the day when like Mike Musso was one of the, the mainstream wrestling. I think it was the W3L Worldwide Wrestling yeah. League. They were back in like two thousand and six, two thousand and seven. They were the, the main wrestling promotion in like Fife obviously I'm originally Faith Fife don't let my accent fool you I was born and raised in Cowden Beef but I had this Glaswegian accent the majority of my life um, so when I first met the Knights uh, I had actually I, I was watching remember the wrestling channel we used to have the wrestling right. channel 427 never forget that mate to the day I die uh, 
Watching the wrestling, well, I, I say I, I was there watching it. My dad was flicking through the sports channels. I never knew the wrestling channel had existed at this time. And uh, I'm in my bedroom playing my wrestling figures as every young boy's then, or well, I, at that age, we'll, we'll stick to that age. You now we've all done what you're going to be doing in your bedroom, but the figures do it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, my dad shouts on me, and usually when my Usually when my dad shouted on me for the bedroom, it was for one thing and one thing only. Go stick a kettle on, son. Make me a cup of tea. That was it. Um, my dad was a pure notorious tea jenning. You know what I mean? The, the only person I know that we can get two, two cups of tea out of one tea bag. Wow. But uh, he says, look at this. It's on the telly. It's this new wrestling channel. And I'm all right, cool. Thinking, cool, right? My dad showed me wrestling. This is weird because my dad hated wrestling. My dad never, he was never a fan of wrestling because he got made to watch the world of sports growing up. So he, he sort of, a, he didn't really have an interest because it was forced upon him. So he was like, yeah. no, that I don't be forced on watching that stuff. And then he has a son. And guess what you're forced to watch for? Like 19 years. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> so, and it was, so my dad said, look at this. You ever seen this before? It's father versus son. And the only time I'd ever seen that was Vince McMahon versus Shane McMahon. You know what I mean? It was on the big stage and the big lights and that. And it was uh, an FWA show. And it was Roy Knight, well, Zebra Kid versus Rowdy Ricky Knight. And I think it was like a street fight or something like that. And they were just smashing each other. Just let them the utter shit right out of each other. And I'm sort of, sort of, you know what I mean? I swear I want. Aye, right, cool, sorry. Um, so I like, they were literally leathering each other, uh, like with anything they could pick up. That was the first ever time I seen the bowling ball spot. You know what I mean? Uh, I've seen, seen it in WWE. You know what I mean? You seen it in like the 2001 Royal Rumble, <laughs> uh, things like that. Well, well, maybe it was the second time then. I think it might be the first. It was the 2001 Royal Rumble. But just, just I was just mesmerised that these two sons leathering each other, both of them pissing with blood, and it's just like, ah, oh, that's mental. And then in. Uh, I think it was the very first ever show I went to, uh, W3L, which was 2005, it was in Glen Rothes. Um, Rowdy Ricky Knight was there, and so was Zach. Zach Knight, he was known as Zach Zodiac at the time. Uh, and that's where I first met him. And I was like, here, wait a minute, I'm sure I was watching that old guy on the telly last week. And then it wasn't until I found out it was him and I went there and spoke to him. Uh, so that was how like, I initially met them. Like, was obviously being in the business. And then uh, meeting them at shows and doing seminars and things like that. And then obviously, like through the years, they'd be up and down the country. You know what I mean? So you'd like yeah. if you were, I was obviously booked on all the shows. I was still a trainee at the time, so I was like I would be jumping for W3L to BCW to PBW to SWA. You know what I mean? Like whatever there was a show, I was there. I was there trying to help it. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just I don't know. I just went to all these shows. Um, and then it wasn't until 2014, I hadn't seen the Knight family for about six, seven years. And then 2014, uh, the, there was a promotion in training school. I ran the training school. Uh, and the promotion was called Firestorm Pro Wrestling. It was a complete disaster. The, the promotion was a disaster. The training school wasn't a success in its end, but like, that was just a. That was a, a was that up here? No, that was in Fife. I done that oh, in Fife. Right, eh? uh, it was me. I wasn't in it at, to begin with. It was initially ran by Tom Bater, who used to wrestle as the Prince of Pain for Mike Musso. Mm-hmm. And the other guy is a guy called Will Little, who 
He's been he's been around wrestling since the first day I was there. It was actually him that took me to my first ever training uh, session, and it was his first ever training session as well. In a tiny wee school uh, janitor's hut, where we were bumping on thin judo mats, and like a, the flare was quite bouncy because every time we had quite quite big boys there. And every time you took a bump, the flare was getting wear and tear. So eventually, the flare was starting to sink because all the wrestlers were, you know what I mean? Because you're like big, there was guys there, like, I don't know if, you're, if you've ever heard of these guys, but there was guys like a guy called Damien Diamond. He used to, he was at one of Mike Musso's trainees, Mike Musso. Then, like, when we had seminars, we, like, I remember having seminars where, uh, back then, they were called Lost Pervitos. And you had Tim Pervito and Mojo Pervito. And then they later became Tim Strange and is it Prince Mohammed Amin? I think oh, his name is. So that's who they later became. Uh, and we were doing seminars that they like a seminar a seminar with them. And they were like, kind of I don't want to be doing big slams and back body drops and things like that because the flare made sinking. Then obviously later on when um, Musso upgraded and got a wee uh, a wee unit and cow and beef. But anyway, sorry, I, I was off track there. So, the training school side of things, I ran that with a, a guy called uh, Dave Madison, who I uh, can't say one single bad word about this guy. Uh, he's He was trained in Blackpool, at Blackpool Pleasure Beach. He used to wrestle as Invincible. Uh, the guy was just, he had this presence. Have you seen this guy? You instantly shat yourself. Mm. You just looked at them and went, who what the fuck is that sitting there? <laughs> You've never seen a man this size, you know what I mean? Right. And he was a big guy, you know what I mean? And it, it never bothered him. He was, always, he was a big guy his whole life and it never bothered him. But I'll never forget the first time I met him uh, was a W3L show in Carnegie Leisure Centre, Dunfermline. I'd never heard him before, never seen a picture of him, never heard anybody speaking about him. And uh, he, was at the, he was booked on the show and his wife Shaz, who's a, again, she's absolutely a fantastic woman, she's just so lovely. She came to every single show with him, every single show. And the two of them are mismatched because Dave's this big 35 stone monstrous guy. Mm. Shaz is about seven stone, salt and wet. <laughs> right? So, I get that a lot with my girlfriend. You know what I mean? Um, and Big Dave used to come out with this big, like a, I want to say like a, a war hammer kind of helmet thing. It was a big, massive medieval helmet. And this big six foot wooden mallet thing, he just made, he just looked like he was just going to eat you. You know what I mean? He looked like a boss who like Mortal Kombat or something. <laughs> like. He just looked like he was going to destroy anything that walked in his way. But by God, was the guy just a big massive he'll probably kill me for saying this and I've not I've not spoke to Dave in a long long time and if he sees this I apologise but he's just a big cuddly bear Aye. he is you know what I mean so Dave Dave ran the training school and I was I was his, his, his head trainer and Dave was very good uh, friends with the Knight family so Dave then kind of a worked a wee a wee like a training school thing well, they would come up and do a seminar at our training school. Uh, and I don't know why, for some reason, not one person booked, not one. And we had uh, Zach, Roy, 
Ricky and uh, Soraya Knight, all four of them were coming up today, a full weekend seminar, and not one person booked. It was crazy, so we, can- we cancelled that. So we ended up saying any any trainees for Scotland, they wanted to go down to Norwich for a weekend, for a, uh, a weekend camp, because they did two two weekend training camps every month. Uh-huh. Uh, you've got like, beginners and advanced. Um, so oh, well, obviously not the news on the COVID, but that's what they, they usually do. So the first the first time they went down, uh, I wasn't available. I never went down. And then the second time, uh, I went along, and it was just it was just a training camp. It was just you were going in, you done a training, and then there was a it was a training show on the Sunday that day, and it's like you don't get paid for it, but I think mm. it's like a three pound a ticket or something. It's just for the local it's for the local fans because they've got a massive massive fan base. Like they've aye, got they fans. look they oh, look down there, aren't they? Aye, it's, aye. It's big. So I went, I went down, done the the, the the weekend. The weekend was done uh, was done by Carol Kramer. Uh, in fact, I think it was just Carol Kramer that done the, the, the seminar that weekend. And then uh, we done the show, and I was in a six man tag. I got put in. Um, and then from there, it was just. I started making my way to their training schools every two weeks and I'd spend the weekend, I'd get a hotel or I'd stay at another trainee's house or I'd stay at a wrestler's house. Uh, just the way I seen it was just like, I made a lot of, a lot of mistakes growing up. Like when I was, no, no I grown up, but in wrestling, gone for, because I, I first came into the business when I was 13, you know what I mean? And I, I was the, the only person I knew it at the time, I was the youngest trainee, and then I, I, I'm I think the, the youngest person I met after myself would have been Steve Xavier, and I think Steve Xavier's a couple of months younger than me. Aye. And Stevie had been training for the same time I started training, but I was in Fife, he was in uh, Paisley Aye. at the time. Uh, so basically, I anyway, I was going to the Norwich for their training weekends and then eventually just go to the point where for me it was like it just it was the right time it was their planned thing I didn't think I'm going to go down there and I'm going to make a name for myself I'm going to get all these opportunities I just thought I need to get my foot in the door somewhere I'm struggling to get booked in Scotland because when I was younger I was a wee dick I couldn't keep my mouth shut you know I mean you've probably, you've probably heard many stories about me from when I was known as Max Mayhem I fucking hate that name man see anybody that <laughs> Anybody that says, oh, that's Max Mayhem, I'm like, don't even know, call me that. He's dead. Because it, to me, it's a, it's in the past. He was just a wee immature dick. That was just my, basically, me times ten as a, as a teenager. It was just... Just living the gimmick too much? Aye, far too much. But I, I did far too much. Now, I couldn't keep my mouth shut. See, the enemies I used to make, mate, while well, Facebook, like... It was before Facebook, mate. People, like, I, I could, ah, oh, mate, it was just, you, I, I took it too far. I took it too far. I thought I was one of the boys, need to remember. Like, I was 15, 16, and I was travelling, no, no book, but I was travelling on the road just for experience with people like uh, the original Fight Club, Lionheart, Jack Jester, people like that. I'd travel with them, like Wolfgang. I mean, I'd done, I'd done a, a tour with Jester and Wolfgang. And you had a few other Scottish guys for All Star when they done a wee tour in Scotland in 2008. I mean, I wasn't booked. 
but I went for the experience. I ended up selling merchandise one night, and the next night I was the bellkeeper. You know what I mean? To me, it was just an experience. You know, so that's where it all like stems from there. But uh, I've, I've lost track, and I've lost. I actually forgot what I was talking about there. Are you got to WAW? Aye, right. So, like, I thought to myself, it was 2000. The first time I went down was 2014, and then uh, I had an injury in a match where uh, I suffered a stroke, and then I was booked for WAW's annual Royal Rumble that was happening in that happened in the May, and I think that was meant to happen in like the June two weeks later. So I had to cancel, like I, I cancelled like my, my the uh, the weekend basically gone down. And then fast forward till I felt a bit better. I went down to Norwich just again for a training weekend, just to start from where I went where, where I left off. I went down and done the training weekend, and then again just kept going down, gone down, and then all of a sudden, oh WWs getting TV tapings. Oh, WWE's booting Scott Hall, WWE's booting Rey Mysterio, WWE's getting all this, all these people coming out, Battle Del Rio, pages making appearances, and I'm sitting there like, oh, how fucking minted would it be to actually be a part of that? Like, how cool would that be? Hey. And it wasn't until I'm sitting at home and I'm in my wee flat in Fife and I'm scrolling through my phone and then I get tagged and I, I think it was a ladder match. Uh, tagged in a ladder match and it's, I'm on the same show with all these big names and I'm like, nah, there's a mistake here. I shouldn't be booked on these shows. Like, I'm no, I'm no, I've not done nothing to deserve them. And then it literally it just went through there, you know what I mean? Like, uh, the relationship that I've got with the Knight family is second to none. Now, anybody can say that I, right now I'm, I'm kissing arse. You might say I'm kissing arse and I, fair enough, I'm kissing arse, but well, it's just kissing the right ones, man. Mate, see, it's not that, right? I will go, I'll go as far as saying I'm no kissing arse. I've just got respect for the people. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I, I, when I speak about Ricky on a personal level, I don't call him Ricky or, like, as his pals call him, Paddy. I call him Pops. He's like a dad to me. You know what I mean? That man makes sure that I've got money in my wallet. He makes sure I've got food in my belly. He makes sure I've got a roof over my head. He refers to me as adopted Scottish son, even though I'm a dickhead. You know what I mean? It's things like that. You know what I mean? So, like, Saraya and I, the relationship I've got with her is, like, it's weird because she, so it's like, she go, it's like a split relationship, right? You've got a 50%, she's a mother, and the other 50%, she's your sister. Ah, oh, right, aye. Crazy. Aye. I know, I know that's I know the kind I know, I know what you mean. But it's like, she'll get you to help. But she'll also, like, she. Say something as mental as she But it's just, it's no nothing bad, no one nothing in a bad aye. way, you know what I mean? It's just, aye, it's crazy. It's just, the relationship is weird, you know what I mean? And I'm quite close with Roy as well. I'd done a lot of training when I was doing there with Roy, went to the gym and that, we were doing a lot of cardio stuff, and I was listening, like, taking advice from him. Got really close with him. I've been close with Zach as well. Uh, me and Zach, we used to run about at shows when we were 14, 15 years old, do you know what I mean? Uh, he used to call me Meatball, that was his nickname for me back in the day. Uh, and I, it's just, it's groovy there, you know what I mean? I've made so much good pals and I've trained with some amazing people. Like, see some of their wrestlers down there, and they're 
I don't know why they're not on the mainstream circuit because some of their wrestlers are fucking amazing. Like, yeah, wow. Some amazing stuff for them. Like, I've been, for what I've seen. Because obviously there's limited availability, but for what I've seen, I've, I've been genuinely really impressed, man. But like, I didn't know, I didn't know you get injured to have a stroke. How did that happen? Was it like a head injury? Right, so, I, it was, it was a head injury. Um, it was a common spot. Every, everybody's done it in training. Sends your opponent in the corner. Well, if you're a, if you're a, a villain or a, 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 a bad guy, you send your opponent in the corner. The face takes the posting. The villain comes in up and over the corner spot. Uh-huh. Face goes to hit the ropes. The villain jumps up, grabs the hair. Down we go. Uh, and thought, fuck it, cool, let's go for it. Done the spot. And now, the wrestling ring that I had at my training school was, the, the ring didn't belong to me, the ring belonged to Tom Bear and Will Little. They needed somewhere to store the ring. Mm. I, big, big uh, Dave Madison had this unit. It was, a, it was like a community centre. They had a big oh, map. That was our, our, our part of that building, was the hall. Put the ring in there. Right, cool, we'll start the training school. So that's how that started. But the wrestling ring, the wrestling ring wasn't a wrestling ring. <laughs> like, was it like a ring of some sort, or was it just like a, a makeshift one? Mate, this this was the make makeshift makeshiftiest. I don't even know if that's a word, but I just love <laughs> right, That was the makeshiftiest ring I've ever seen in my life. The four posts were all lampposts that had the taps cut off. So see how the lamppost have got a big fat bit, and then it goes Right, well they basically cut the fat bit off. Eh, sorry, the thin bit, and kept all the fat bits. That was your posts. To get the sides, like obviously, you know yourself, and you're, like the, the most, the, the common wrestling rings these days, you've got your four posts, your four sides, your five middle beams. Uh-huh. Aye. This had seven middle beams that were square, right? Like proper square. They were on the rectangle. They were, on the, they were fucking horrible. And then under them, they had two, like, I can only describe as scaffolding bars. Oh, right, uh, like the ones you walk on? Aye, right? I don't know why they were there. Then the sides was, uh, they looked like just old, like, girdles. And for some reason, this, uh, and he's basically just stuck all this fucking metal together. This, you needed mallets to put this ring together. You had to have like four people, right? So you had one person holding one post, while two people's holding the side, the full side beam, but they were like squares, right? And it was a long, so you had like, so you had your top two, two bar, bottom bar, two lines here, two lines here, and then two ends, mm-hmm. right? You had two people holding the side bars, or the sides. We'll, fuck it, we'll call them the sides, because that's what they were, the other side. Held the sides, but six inches off the ground, while one person got a big rubber mallet, fucking whacking them <laughs> into the side of the fucking, into the, the turnbuckle, into the post. Then you had to get the other post, then whack that fucker. Mate, it took about two hours to build this fucking ring. 20 minutes to take it down, two hours to build the cunt. Horrible. Oh no, I Horrible. Hate- that's my least favourite part of it, I don't know if I showed up there, if I would even know how to build that ring. It was horrible. So, because the ring was that solid, when you took a bump, there was no give. 
It was no, it was like bumping on concrete. It was horrible. You ask anybody that worked on any of the shows that they done, or any that bumped in that ring, it was fucking horrible. And I'm not just saying that, like, just to say, oh, I'm a pussy. Nothing like that. This is the hardest ring I've ever bumped in. So, eh, like I say, done the spot. I took the corner post up and over. Eh, I'll no, I'll no mention names because the last time I mentioned names, it, is, it, it caused a, an uproar. So, but the way I see it, it was an accident. Real wrestlers, accidents happen. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Um, and the wee guy that was wrestling, he's done, he's done, went for the help pool, and. I don't know what happened. I've took the bump, but for some reason, my head's hit the ring right in the corner before I've managed to take the bump. And I mean, I just continued the match, wrestle, uh, continued wrestle. At this point, I was just booked on the show. I was the part of the company or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember looking, we done a wee spot. Uh, the guy done a Hurricane Rana hooked the legs, one, two. The week, at the time, he was a lot smaller. He's no he's no smaller than me now. At the time, he was a lot, lot smaller. And when you watch the videos on YouTube, you can go and watch it. I'll send it to you after this so you can watch it yourself. Uh, you see me doing a kick out, just a normal kick out. But the wee guy goes about maybe six inches in there. Aye. So I knew like something. This. See, the minute Aye. I tried to kick it, I knew something was wrong. I'm like, mm. mm-hmm. I don't feel right. And I remember just looking at Tom and Will, who were standing at the back of the room, and I'm saying to them, I'm, something's, something's not right, and I need to cut this short. Mm. And we were supposed to do another couple of spots, and I've ended up just taking the wee guy up for my finisher, hitting the finisher, one, two, three, we took it home, about, I think it was five or ten minutes early. Uh, and I just didn't feel right at all. Like, I just felt weird. Mm. Walk backstage, and I remember, I felt, but it was like, everybody just thought, oh, he's out of breath, he's fucked, he's fell, he's, he's blown up. Yeah, but I just didn't feel right at all, man. I felt sick and the room was spinning and everything. And I've sat down and then the next thing, I've, like, there was a couple of uh, reckless intent wrestlers were there. And they were coming there and like, they were giving me bottles of water, make sure I was alright. Then I went outside and the minute the fresh air hit me, mate, I just was violently sick. Constantly just kept on being sick, being sick, being sick. Uh, we had booked a rumble for the main event and I was number two and then I'm supposed to be number two. Uh, I actually can't remember I can remember the end of the rumble but I can't remember anything else uh, so I don't know if I did. I was meant to be number two but I'm pretty sure I swapped with somebody just to like make sure that I was alright to go out and be able to wrestle rather than just go out number two and I'm like I can't do this. Aye. Uh, and I, so I left it for, that was, so we done the show on the Saturday, and then we had the, the training, on, I, I, I done the training on the Sunday, uh, Monday, everything was alright, Tuesday was, I was working as a landscape gardener at the time, the Tuesday was my last day on that job because I was getting a job as a supervisor in a cafe, with more money, closer to him, didn't need a lot of travelling. So I decided to go and work in the cafe and the night before my cousin came down to, 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 to see us and we're playing a wee bit of Mario Kart on the, the GameCube and he said something to me and I, I've turned around and I've looked and I've laughed and he's kind of looked at me and went, what are you doing with your face? And I'm like, what do you mean? 
He's like, you, you're, it's like you're, you're impersonating Popeye the Sailor Man. I'm like, don't know what you're talking about. And he goes, go and look at your face. It's like your face is, like, you look like Popeye. All right, cool. So I've waited, looked in the mirror, and I'm thinking, there's nothing in the matter. Absolutely nothing in the matter. So the, th- so the next day, Thursday, I woke up and I just, I felt that a way that I felt on Saturday. Uh-huh. I sick, just didn't feel my, myself. But I had to open the cafe. I'm the only person with the keys, right? So I went to my work. The first order that came in was a fried egg roll. So I cracked the egg in the pan, and obviously you're letting the, the pan heat up now. See, see when you're cooking, right? And it's just a natural instinct. See when like a bit of oil spits, you see it coming. Aye, uh, but you just don't move. You, don't, don't you, you see it move, right? Aye. Uh, I seen this bit of oil spark and it's came right up towards me and I thought, fuck, that's going to hit me right in the eye and I went to shut my eyes my right eye shut but my left eye stayed wide open and the oil fucked me right in the eye, didn't it? Oh, right, so that's when you knew something was kind of rang then? Aye, right, so I'm thinking, fuck my eye <laughs> the, woman, the woman that's owned the cafe, she's came in and I'm trying to explain to her look, I don't feel well, I'm going to, I'm going to need to go home look, just don't pay me for the day, I really don't feel well at all I'm going to go home so I went home and I phoned the doctors, gave the doctor my symptoms. The doctor said, can you come to the hook? Can you get to the, the, the you need to come up to the surgery and see us? Right, no worries. Went into the surgery, the doctors just looked at me. How are you standing? I'm like, I don't know, I don't know. Uh, I then got referred to the hospital, got to the hospital, and uh, they done a CAT scan and an MRI scan and told me I'd had a, 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 a serious stroke. Uh, I'll need to learn how to walk again. I'll need to learn how to talk properly again, because mm-hmm. uh, I'll need like, speech therapy. I'll never do any physical activity. I'll never do... I'll need 20, 24 hours a day, seven days a week care. Uh, basically, I'm going to be a vegetable because of this stroke that fucked me. And remember the, the brain special, I'll never forget it. It was a young guy, he was only, must have been only in his 30s. And he's looking at me, but when he's telling me this, he's looking at me as if so sorry, like, mm-hmm. pure sympathetically in that. Like, he's kind of a, and he's like, it says here that you're a wrestler. I'm like, I. He says, have you ever had any head injuries before? I said, no, that no way. I said, I'm I, possibly. I mean, I've had like one or two concussions or something down the line, but I, no, that no way because I've never went to a doctor for it. And he's like, oh, we're so so sorry. Like, if there's anything you need, just let us know, and I will go to be like, I, I do need to go to the toilet. Like, I, I need a piss. Hey, right, two seconds. I won't get yeah. I won't get enough, and she'll take you to the take you to the toilet. And I said to her, "The toilet's just there. I'm alright." Ah, but you, you, your, your body's in shock. And I'm like, "No, I'm pretty sure I'm confident I can walk to that toilet." And the doctor was like, "Nah, we'll just get you a nurse." And I thought, "No, nah, do you know what? Challenge accepted." So I just, well, fuck it. I feel safe enough to walk to that toilet. So I, I did. I managed to walk to the toilet, and I went in. Went in. Then a fish came out, sat back in the bed, and then I felt weak, and I thought, wow, I shouldn't have done that. Mm. Shouldn't have done unassisted. Uh, I was only in the hospital for le- less than 48 hours. I got out on my 22nd birthday. So I did, on my 22nd. Wow, well, way to spend your birthday. <laughs> in the whole no, I mean, it's, it, it is what it is. Uh, but to be fair, I got, I got a nice wee surprise. A couple of my cousins came through from Glasgow that I hadn't seen in a couple of years and went end up going out and done family and tune that night. Uh, and I just, me being me, I had a couple of drinks and 
totally forgot the circumstances. I'm just at the hospital for having a stroke, and there's me on the dance floor trying to fucking do 10 push ups. <laughs> and I, done, I think, think I've done two. And then I had to get my, my two cousins to bring me back up because I couldn't stand them. Wow, fuck sake, man, I've had two WKDs, man. I can't walk. I know, remember, you just had a stroke. I'm like, Hi. Oh, oh, I forgot about that. Sorry. Hi. But we sitting there trying to do push up. Nah, mate. Aye, no. Uh, I did, like, I tried to fucking, I tried to just ignore it, uh, and just personally, no, no, just push through, basically, just ignore that it ever happened, and just continue life as it was, but that was the case, you know what I mean, I had to let the body heal, I had to let the brain heal, shit like that, so, bye, uh, obviously, uh, the doctors, well, rang with a, uh, assumptions that I'll never walk again because I think I've done maybe two weeks of physiotherapy uh, never done any speech therapy uh, I can walk myself unassisted I've went back to wrestling I've done probably more in my wrestling career since the stroke than what I did have before the stroke so the way I see it is the doctor has got to tell you worst case scenario mm. and I was one of the lucky ones that was able to push through and Make it basically just like Aye. go back to normal. These strokes are a weird one, man, because like my mum had one, and I remember her waking up in the morning and like she was intended to go to work, and we were all telling her she couldn't drive to work because she was drunk. That's what we thought. She's not like an alcoholic or that, we just assumed she was drunk. Aye. And then she wait, so my dad was like, right, I'll, I'll take you to work. She luckily worked in a hospital, and I, I was off school that day, so I just remember like hearing all this and then go back to bed, think nothing of it. And then next thing I know, I'm getting phone to go down to see her in the hospital because she's had a stroke. I'm like, it, it's anything, man. It can happen whenever. Aye, it's crazy. Obviously, they say to me that mine was a self-induced. So, so. Is it an untreated concussion or something like that? No, it was no. It was just when, like, if you when I send when I send you the link, you watch the video. But if you actually you see my heat, make my heat bounces, and I just spring right up, and I just start grabbing my heat, and then mm. I fall to the side. And mate, see to be honest, right? See, as a wrestler yourself, you'll look at it and go, "He's selling." Ah, you just instinctually sell, eh? Mate, my, my, I, I'm lying on my side, right, holding my heat, and my legs are going up, down like this, side to side, Aye. and it just looks like I'm selling. And then you see me, it's like, it's like natural instinct kicks in. It's like for some reason, I know I'm in a wrestling match, and then actually, you see me, I'm trying to get the crowd going, and like, the guy jumps me from behind, and then. We they a double down and it's like what the fuck and we continue the match and then I but I can't remember any. And he watched it. I'm luckily enough I've never had any wrestling head injuries or that so far. Touch wood to I, to like, relate to it, but it's terrifying, man. Like because it seems I feel like see because you feel like you're usually not going to be in a lot of pain with I, that. Like you'll feel a thud, you just move on with it. I think that's what can I can make it dangerous. But no, that that proper frightens me, man. Is the, is the thought of that? But no, as as a result, what they'd said was I had um, fuck. They seen ever since the strokes, you try to say this is a tongue twister for me. Burst blood vessels at the back right lobe and severe trauma to the front left lobe because my brain, like when my heat hit the, the mat, because the right. ring was, was solid, my brains continued moving, so it's fucking. Mm-hmm. Bounced off the front and bounced off the back again. Aye. So, bye. Uh, I mean, I came back. It, 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 it did take a while. It was like 18 months before I was 100%. You know what I mean? Like, cause 
Uh, I did have Bell, like, I, I'm sorry, I've got Bell's palsy because of it, but it's not as noticeable. So like the left side of my face is a wee bit more droopier than what the right side is. You can't really tell it is until I, I tell somebody to go, oh, I noticed that. Now. I've literally know. just noticed that as you've said it there, exactly. Like people can, people, like I've had people say to me before, ah, you're putting that on. I okay, pal, how can all this open up when that just dies a wee bit? Oh, it's, it's just unfortunate. It's, it's there. You know what I mean? It's there. Uh, but I, I don't let it. I don't let it get me done. Yeah, you know, I'm just extra cautious. You know, when I'm in the ring, you know what I mean? Like, I've been in the ring with like a lot of people that are they're stiff, shall we call them? Yeah. Um, and I've I've made a point of saying, don't hit me in the head. Just right. hit me anywhere. Don't hit me in the head. You know what I mean? Uh, and then there's been times where like I've re- I remember I wrestled Boy Knight on a show uh, for WAW, and sometimes Roy can go off script. Mm. And decide just to grab a fucking chair and whack you right across the skull with it, and you wouldn't even see it coming. And he done that to me on a show once. Thank God it was a plastic chair, <laughs> and I had my hair up and I took a top knot, and the, the the top knot took the brunt of that. But thankfully I had the top knot. But that could have been that that probably fucked me right up. Oh, my bun has saved me on many a many an occasion for messing my head up. Like I think that's why so many wrestlers have long hair. I mean, it's I, the ones who save your life. I, see, I've got a theory, right? I remember once when I was younger, there was a highlights video, a Dancing on Ice, right? I think I was only 14 or 15. And there was this ginger lassie, and she had, like, a big bun. And she fell a fucking cracker on the ice gym training, right? And they turned around and, and, and the, the doctors and all the specialists and herself all, all agreed. See, if she never had her hair in a bun, her skull would have been cracked right fucking nice. Ever since I'm that, make sure your hair's in a fucking bun. I mean, like, I'll, I'll, I'll braid my hair, then I'll fucking put it in a big knot so that if I'm bumping, there's that, that wee knot there, you know what I mean? I see, when I'm walking on ice, like, I'll, I can't walk on ice without my hair tied up and my head down because that's, that's for a wrestling thing. Because I'm like, right. If I fall, I can just work it into a back bump. A back bump a million times, I'm fine. And you're not on Oh, I've bumped on ice many a times. It's, it's took me. I mean, if, I wish I could bump that well in a match. I know. A day on the ice, to be fair. Like, I did some of my best bumping accidentally. It's like, see... Professionals, aren't we? See, big TJ Rageman. See if I'm ever wrestling him. Like, I know for a fact that I'm doing my best bumping because you just... With TJ, you can't bump poorly because he's like a train. Just, dest- just destroying it in these parts. TJ Hitchy, TJ Hitchy. Aye, no, just that. Like, it's weird. I've said this before on a few other folks' podcasts. Like, TJ could hit you with the force of a car hitting you, and it doesn't hurt. No. Like, he's, it's mental. It's, I don't know how he does it. But like, he, he's one of the scarier guys in wrestling. But like, he's such a lovely guy as well. Like you were saying earlier, Aye. like he's like a teddy bear. But I'm terrified of that teddy bear as well. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure. There's been times where I've probably pissed off TJ because I when I used to train at PBW, TJ was one of the trainees as well, mm. and I'm pretty sure there's been many a times that people will tell you story where I've pissed them off and the knowns to me I've got thrown in a, mat, a training match with them. We planned this match and I'm getting a fucking shit kicked at me and I'm like, what am I planned any this? Fucking power bomb, take that! And I'm like, what the fuck's going on? No, I'm not obviously. I'm not saying that happened, but I'm just. <laughs> like, oh, 
over exaggerating there. But like, aye, there's aye, you know what I mean? TJ's, uh, again, TJ's one of the ones where I can't believe he's no on the main circuit. I understand, obviously, for TJ, like, obviously, like, in the past, TJ's was, he's a family man, you know what I mean? Uh, and for him, he was happy with what he had in wrestling. But again, mate, I think TJ Rage like, would have been one of the ones that would have been in NXT UK. Oh, 100%, man. Look, the thing about that one is, that see how whenever you talk about him, everybody always says that he's the most underrated guy, and you're thinking, this many folk are saying it. Why is he underrated if all these folk think he's underrated? I know. It's, it's a weird one, but no, he's he's really good to learn under, man, because he's like, I say this as well all the time, he's like an encyclopedia in wrestling. Like, you can, I can show him something that he's never seen, heard of, Whatever, he'll say the name yet rang about 400 times and he'll mispronounce the person's name. But if he watches it maybe once or twice, he can teach me how to do it perfectly. Aye, like, the guy knows the guy knows what he's doing. No, I mean, I used to love training with TJ. Used to love it. I used to, like, see, that think TJ was one of the ones when I was training. TJ helped me a lot with my confidence. See, wrestling against a big guy. You know what I mean? Like, when, like, I was a wee fucking 16, 17 year old and, like, didn't have a fucking muscle to my name and there's fucking big TJ Rays, the personal trainer. Like, I'm gonna fucking eat you. Scottish Goldberg. I know, I, I mean, you know what I mean? Fucking, and like, T, like TJ go, uh, TJ like helped me with the, with the whole, don't be in, it's just a wrestling match. You're just as, like, I'm, I'm not gonna hug you. I'm like, I'm just, my character's this big. Uh, and I will, things might, you might feel things, but I'm not going to help you, you're not going to get like, you're not going to get injured or anything like that. You know what I mean? Then I, I, no, I, I give credit to DJ a lot for, for my confidence build, not massively, you know what I mean? Aye. He is good with that, man. He's good with, he's good with stuff like that, to be honest. Most of the trainers up here that I've worked under are really good with that, but like, I don't, usually when I go to like things like outside of my training, it's like kind of, like an import that's doing a seminar or something like that, so I don't have that much kind of knowledge. But see how, like, because obviously you've been about for a long time now, like, you've been you've been about the place. So like, you were about pre-British wrestling boom, when there was, like, a... Uh-huh. Do you remember the fake the fake WWF slash WWE shows? <laughs> have you ever done any of them? I remember going to one of the Glasgow Pavilion years ago. The Rock comes out. All right, mate. I'm laying down the challenge to you tonight. <laughs> what? The Rock doesn't need to talk like that. <laughs> oh, what oh. that is. I see. I've been working on a, a WWF tribute show, but it's like nowadays, so like there's going to be uh, Jeff Rollins right. in the main event. I don't know. I don't know who I'm going. Maybe Uncle Andy Organ is one. It's just Randy Orton, but he's our uncle. <laughs> uh, most of them come from. Do you remember the five star wrestling game? When they had like uh, they had Curtis Angel and Harvey D. That's right. That's what I want to create, and I want to bring back these shows in the <laughs> WWF tribute show nowadays. Oh mate, mate. Gee, to be honest, like I'm, I don't know. To be like, it's probably just me no thinking. But why do we not see anything anymore? I know big John, big John Doby up in Perth started like doing like the Undertaker impersonation and all that. Oh, UK Undertaker, is that? That's the name he wrestled? There was a guy wrestling just under UK Undertaker. I think, aye. Uh, uh, um, his dad was Jake Fake. 
just that's I've never heard of that, but that's fantastic. <laughs> Jake the fake. Jake the fake, but he, I don't I don't think he was like a he wasn't a rip off of Jake Roberts. I just saw that was just his Jake name, Jake the fake. fake. Yeah, but no, I, he's missing a trick there then. I know, I know, because I remember when I was younger, he done he he, he brought two of his shows to Cowden Beef Leisure Centre, and uh, he had the UK Undertaker against Sergeant Slaughter and a tables match in the main event. And this Sergeant Slaughter comes out and I'm like, yeah, Sergeant Slaughter had a cash. This guy was pure clean shaven, bowl cut, eh, like grey fucking camouflage trousers. I'm like, Sergeant Slaughter was green and bald and old and what? And, a, like, and an Iraqi sympathiser. <laughs> Oh man, if they'd done that, if they'd done that this, this day and age, that would have been so cancelled very quickly, I know. Oh, it's crazy, Leslie. The new, um, uh, to kill time, I've started watching WWF from the very start of 98. So I'm watching Raw. Like, so every, all the, the, the Raw is leading up to each pay-per-view every month. Uh, and then now it's got to the point where Sunday Night Heat's just started. And... I was watching the DX segment. Remember the the, the little people's court as well? Aye. Oh my god, I totally forgot that happened. There's too many Karens out there. I mean, I think the weirdest one that I've heard it of, it never came to fruition, but there was rumours that Vince wanted to do an incest angle with Stephanie. And then after it, he was like, no, no, that's too weird, Shane, you do the incest angle with it. I think I've heard something about it, aye. Like, do you remember um, when WWE brought in Paul Burchill? Aye. Right, and then they brought in uh, Katie Lee Burchill, who was meant to be his sister. And then, like, they, they had they had like them as a tag team. Then they had, like, Paul Burchill did the, the pirate gimmick. Aye. The next gimmick for them was meant to be a brother and sister incest relationship. Aye. I've heard that uh, one, too. That was... uh, can I do that? No doing it. No doing it. I still think they should bring Paul Burchill back for the pirate-themed WrestleManias. Like, they missed a trick last year, wait, they need to have him swing in. Mate, apparently the reason why they stopped that gimmick, and I read this the other day, I don't know if it's true or not, but obviously you read shit on the internet, you just take it for what it is. But apparently the reason why they dropped that gimmick was because Disney was their big movie at the time, was Pirates of the Caribbean, and they're like, listen, that guy's Johnny Depp's fucking spitting image. No happening. Don't make him kiss his sister. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean? It's crazy, but it's just, it's weird what, what you, you were getting away with back in the day compared to what you would do nowadays. I mean, you know I know, mean? it's some, some of it you think as well, like even even though obviously times have changed and it's different, but even back then sometimes you think like, how did anybody think that was ever going to go well? <laughs> do you know what I mean? I, I, like, I don't, like, obviously that's gross in itself, but it's also, I don't feel like I would enjoy that storyline very much. Oh, and it was, it's like, it would just open up too much doors. I think you need to remember they've got Wayne's that watch their product. That's their reasoning for no having China in the Hall of Fame, even though she's in Hall of Fame now. Mm. But the main reason that Triple H didn't want to put China into the Hall of Fame is because when you put in the U, uh, into Google, China right. ain't coming up nothing that she's done in WWE. I uh, know, no, unless you scroll to maybe page three or something. 
Aye. Ironic use of page three there, but still. Exactly. <laughs> so the Triple H's idea of that was he didn't want his daughters going on to Google and typing China, WWE, and then the next thing, all her porn movies all come up. Aye. So that was his reason for not having China and the Hall of Fame. But wait a minute. Two years before he made that statement, who goes into the Hall of Fame? Sonny. What does Sonny do the next year? Goes and makes a porno. Ah, uh, it's... Uh, see, I've never I've never seen any of them, but I've, I've not heard good reviews either. That's I've only just... seen a picture of her dressed up as She-Hulk. <laughs> uh, and I thought, like... It's just, it wasn't even like a, a bad thing, it was genuinely just to me like, I, I loved China, man, like, I pure loved China. That's and a badass bitch, you mate. Exactly, and I was like, I just, I just don't want to see her dressed, no. as, dressed as She-Hulk doing anything. Like, no. never mind the porno, I don't want to see her dressed as She-Hulk no. doing the dishes. No, oh, it's mental. So how's your binge gone to the, the, the WWF stuff? Where, how far on are you? Um, I've just finished SummerSlam 98. So I'm on like the raw, the raw just after SummerSlam '98. So, See, I've been watching mostly like um, see like on High Spots Network, Hangways that Brian Myers has school and that like the the shows they do. I've been right into that, but some of the stuff you see, man, it's like because obviously there's not as much a filter on it, so there's just people, Death Valley drivers, Afy buildings onto trucks with like light tubes in it and all that. I'm like, there's about 20 people there. Why are you nearly dying for that? See we think see we like that type of wrestling, right? Like obviously I know there's a lot of people have got their own mixed reviews, right? Now for me, I love watching like I love the hard see the hardcore when the hardcore division first came about. Right? My highlight of watching Raw was when's the hardcore type when's the hardcore champion gonna sprint out and like oh we will sorry, when's Crash Holly gonna come out and get that fucking changed that hardcore? I was thinking was Crash Holly's hardcore. Aye, when's Crash Holly coming out fucking to get leathered? You know what I mean? Like that was the thing, like what what they did this week, you know what I mean? Remember when they wrestled the fucking the headbangers and the fucking children's pit? <laughs> oh, like wow! I've wanted to see that for I, Wow, that's brilliant. And the next thing you know, you're, you and your pals. Like when I used to go up, uh, go go to Easterhouse uh, during the summer holidays or the like Easter holidays, there was a there was a Springcroft like a uh, restaurant, and it had one of the big multi gym things with the different levels and the big ball pit. Um, Me and my cousins would go and break into it. We would really break into it. We would sneak into it, and we'd have the fake hardcore belt, the toy plastic one, and we'd be reenacting it on that, like suplexing each other. That was brilliant, brilliant. No, I mean, I crazy, but like, I've always liked the hardcore like, side of things. And then when I got older, and you started like, you started seeing ECW. This is like obviously this was you started seeing stuff that you hadn't seen before after the invasion. Like well, for me anyway, obviously, my man and dad didn't let me watch ECW. They found it one day on Bravo and thought, oh, what's this? Is this wrestling? And the first thing they see is Tommy Dreamer getting chokeslammed off a stage through fucking four tables. And they're like, he's not watching that. <laughs> no. He'll try that. I'll end up trying it with the back girl doing slabs and all that. Um, but then, obviously, like, you start, like I say, you start seeing like the shit that New Jack was doing and you're thinking, oh, what nasty, but it's fun to watch. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then, like, you get introduced to season backyard wrestling, you know what I mean? Like, remember the video games? You they were the amazing. Old... They get shot on so much. I love them, man. And then, like, you go like the wee 
best of backyard wrestling DVDs in your like I used to go to the Forge the Forge shop, the Forge shop solid centre, and in the wee in shops but there was a wee guy that sell handles of DVDs and CDs and records, and you the only wrestling DVDs that guy had was backyard wrestling. Didn't have any WWE or ECW, WWE like nothing, just best of backyard wrestling, and. No, I mean, you're, I said it's got an 18 marker on it. You're 12 year old, and you're like, here, pal. Like, I say, I'm like, no. You know what I mean? There's a bird sitting there, you're like, pulling a brat to the side that's got the big explicit sign across. It's like, oh, for fuck's sake, my man's not going to buy me. So, obviously, that was like, then, like, then you see things like, see, like obviously, like, for me, it was like, remember when you had, like, LimeWire, BitTorrent, BearShare? was my one. See, I had, I had, I had three: LimeWire, Bellshare, and one called eTommy. My dad was a dick. My dad actually paid for eTommy. Wow, what an idea! And it, when you when you paid for eTommy, it just let you see other things that you can download. It opens up there, and it charged you per download. We end up getting like a six hundred pound download. They charged one night because I ended up one month because I ended up just downloading hundreds of wrestling matches that I had never seen before. Like, oh, what's all this? Like, just downloading all these hardcore stuff, and then you come across like the Japanese death matches, and I love watching it because I'm thinking like growing up watching it, I found it entertaining. Nowadays, I'm like. How does it? How do you work psycho? How how could you work psychology into these matches? I see. I've like all day, all day. Hard, I'm, I'm, I don't know why, but I've got a weird fear of thumbtacks. I'd still do them, but I've I've got a weird thing it. But like sometimes you do see it, and you're just like, right, you were in a tie up, and now you're biting a light tube, and he done something in it. Like, how have you got for it to be? If it makes sense, I'll do it, but no, not to that extent. I, I mean, don't get me wrong, like, obviously, me and the missies, we like to watch that CZW Tournament of Death. Oh, aye, every year, man. That's the only wrestling my missies will watch, unless it's me that's wrestling. Mm-hmm. She, she's not a fan of wrestling at all. But see, every year, when we watch that Tournament of Death, see the fucking laugh you get just watching these guys, just, and you're looking at them going, you're literally getting paid £60 to get fucking your arm hanging off and fucking... Like, there was one year, the one year we watched it and there's these fucking gossips or something. They make, like, planters or something. You, you get the... Like, wee wooden blocks, right? And they've got these Aye. fucking... And they're fucking hammer fisting them into each other's skulls and this Aye. one wee bald guy's running about the one and he's heat like, oh. Aye, they pure, like, they pure, like, sprout out. After they pull it away, I know they freak me. Did, man. Like, and then you see them. There was one. There was fucking a guy called Matt Trayvon, and he was wrestling a guy called Cannonball somebody. And they're sitting on the, like two steel chairs in the middle of the ring, right? And there's all this fuck, all the debris, all the fucking broken tables and light bulb tubes and everything. And the day, the day, punch for punch, but it's like you can see it's an actual. They're actually like punch right in the chin, punch, punch, and they're exchanging punches. Then out of nowhere that. Jeff, Jeff Cannonball that evening, he just turns around, leans on the ground and picks up this planter and just like slaps it into that fucking Matt Tremont's head and it sticks and then falls. Oh. Matt Tremont picks it right back up, sticks it to Jeff Cannonball's head, hammer fist, hammer fist, hammer fist. Jeff Cannonball's sitting there and he's like in shock, but he's fucking like nails like maybe about an inch long or something on the tap of his head. Maybe not so much an inch, but the, However long there, it's a fucking nail regardless in the tap of your skull, it's the softest part of the heat. 
and Matt Tremont then grabs it with his horn and starts pulling it and you can actually see the guy's like skin and and he gets it to the, so there's about maybe that much of the nail right out of his head and he just goes like oh fuck he puts it right back in again you're like oh you know, for 60 pounds fuck off I'll happily watch you but I'm not doing that well, I, would, I would maybe ask for an extra tenner at least <laughs> I've learnt, I learnt my lesson myself doing hardcore stuff like that was my I used to wrestle for SSW and at one point that was the only company that would that I was getting booked for. <laughs> and um I was working in Amazon at the time and I was on night shift and I messaged uh, Murray Stevenson who was the promoter at the time when they well, the promoter and uh, I remember saying to him, oh, if you've got like any spaces on your show and He's like, what's your wage? And I'm like, right, this is my wage. And he's like, I, um, I'll, I'll get back to you. And usually to me, that's a no. No, I And I thought to myself, do you know what? I realised, I used my initiative and I thought, SSW started doing a lot of hardcore matches and hardcore stuff. Mm-hmm. I just wrote back saying, eh, just to let you know, I don't mind doing hardcore matches. I'll do hardcore stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't want any extra money for doing it. Booked anywhere. I was sitting on Mars doing fuck all, uh, and I managed to die. Like 10 minutes later, I get some message from him. Uh, I can't remember where the venue is, how bad is that? Be at this venue uh, on, this, on Saturday or Friday, whatever day it is, be there for this time. And I'm like, right, cool, no worries. Rocks up, I'm in the fucking main event. Four way hardcore match, and I'm like, oh shit, like, I've never actually done hardcore stuff, I've never been hit with a wedding before. It was me versus Lil Papa Chico, eh, who was like a Ned Luchador, um, versus Nathan Reynolds versus F and Awesome. And fucking F and Awesome ended up hitting me in the early heat with a 40 frame and fucking sliced all my shoulders. Uh, fucking stinger. Eh, had a bit of glass stuck in it. I've got a wee scar, a couple of wee scars. I'm not fucking serious, but wee scars there. Eh, I remember I done the fucking coast to coast off a ladder two or three times. The first, the first time I done it, uh, I was in a bit of a, a, a bad place. Me and my ex had split up, and uh, I was uh, I, I went to drink. I just was drinking every day. The minute I woke up, I just started drinking, 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 and. Uh, the, the night before the show, it was at Bathgate Regal Theatre. My, my, it was my debut at the Regal Theatre. And uh, the night before it, I, I had drank way too much than what I should have and done other things that I shouldn't have done. <laughs> Turned up to the show and uh, I didn't even, I, was, I must have been that away with it the night before. I didn't even realise that I put a bottle of Jack Daniels in my bag. Fucking hate Jack Daniels. Why the fuck did I put Daniels in my bag? Uh, end up fucking I doing the coast to coast half a wee ladder. Then the next time I done half a fucking a, a bigger ladder. Uh, and the, the landings weren't the nice. They weren't the nice. So then I started doing it for the rope, and I thought that's a wee bit easier. And then at the time, SSW's ring was a twenty foot ring, and fucking sank in the middle. I've been in that one. Never, ever, ever got an even bump. You never got a, a nice flush bump. So I just stopped doing it. And then, like, eventually Murray just stopped putting me in hardcore matches. Because, like, me and Murray, 
and champions. We won it by me jumping off the fucking ladder, then the coast to coast. Uh, and then every time we defended the belts, it was hardcore matches. They were never announced. They were just hardcore matches or table matches. I'm sorry, door matches. I remember they told me that I was, they were like, you're right, we're doing a table spot. And I was like, aye, that's absolutely fine. Then I get there and there's like a door sat against. Because what the spot was, was I was setting up to powerbomb somebody and a, a table, air quotes, as you won't be able to see them on the podcast. But uh, a, a door was set just leaning against the, the turnbuckle. I was meant to like set up for the powerbomb, get ran at, just crash right into this thing. Crash and burn, get rolled up through behind. That was what we were supposed to do. But like a, a, a table that's made for going through and a door that isn't made for going through are two different animals entirely. Aye. So like I just take this standard as I should, slide down the, ta- the the door that didn't crack under my immense weight. I just slide down it and luckily I managed to like get my hands in place or else I was just gone on my head. Wow. <laughs> I was going to land right in my head. But no, I, I had a good time there for like the short amount of time I was there. But I remember the last show I ever done was their last show, and nice. I was in the, I was in the main. It was like a mad eight man elimination thing, uh, and I was put in their group. This that day was it Absolution or something. It was called. I was I was one of their final members. I managed to I managed to grab that brass ring in particular, uh, and I remember that that day in particular the the show was in an orange hall. And like I don't take any any side on that kind of argument, but my name ah. does not suit being a like Mario name does not suit being in an orange hall. Oh. So somebody shouted on me, and then like, <laughs> I had to take my side and be like, I don't mean to be a dick here. Just call me Jason. <laughs> like I'll get killed. <laughs> and there was there was stairs. But I'm not dying here. <laughs> I know. But that was that was a good one, man. But what we'll do is we'll we'll get your socials earned so people can find you where are you on social media uh, that's a good question uh, I should have prepared that beforehand um, I think on Instagram it's at Scottish Superman and Twitter is at IronDrew92 my Twitch is also IronDrew92 I'm not very, I'm not active as much on Twitch to now uh, well, no, to be, I'm not, I've never been very active on it I'm still quite new to it um, so, but I, I'm going. That's my plan is to maybe get a wee Twitch thing because uh, I've got a wee idea in mind. Uh, I'm thinking about maybe like doing a couple of wee podcasts myself, just interviews, but to see how it goes first. Um, might even get yourself on it. You never know. I'm ratings gold. It has been said <laughs> by uh, me specifically. To be fair, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mate, hey, you bought your biggest fans yourself. Oh, I'm a massive mark for myself, I'll tell him that, man. Cut a bit wearing my own merch in that.